It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. The Pittsburgh Pirates are 16-7 and on the season and currently hold the best record in the National League, and they welcome a familiar foe that they see every year from the National League in the Los Angeles Dodgers for a three-game series to cap off their homestand. Can they keep the hot streak going, or are the Dodgers and their talent going to be too much for the Pittsburgh Pirates? We'll talk about all that and more on today's episode of Locked on Pirates. You are Locked On Pirates, your daily Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome everybody back to that Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. My name is Ethan Smith, your host of the Locked On Pirates podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. You can also catch my voice now on Sirius XM for all Pirates home games and away games, of course, on the radio on Sirius XM. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp and So Rare MLB. And you guys might see a uh, familiar face next to me today here on the Locked On Pirates podcast. It is Tim Neverett former Pittsburgh Pirates play-by-play announcer, former Boston Red Sox play-by-play announcer, and, of course, current Los Angeles Dodgers play-by-play announcer. Tim, how has Pittsburgh welcomed you, sir? I got to see the wonderful background that we sadly had to hide because of the lighting uh, here today for video. (laughs) I could show it real fast if you want. (laughs) Go for it. He's he's uh, got a great spot, guys. He has a beautiful, beautiful view of Pittsburgh if it'll light up. PPG building right there. Yes. It's always nice seeing the PPG building in the skyline, which I just so happen to have right here on my arm, which is very nice. But everything, uh, Tim, going great for you so far to start the year? Things have been great. Um, You know, the Dodgers are off to what, you know, it's relative, right? So the Dodgers are off to what we call a really slow start. People are unhappy with the Dodgers' uneven start, yet we start the day in first place. That's a a little bit different bar that the Dodgers have set. and, you know, being back here in Pittsburgh is always great. I love coming back. I spent the morning driving around the North Hills and seeing people and, you know, where I used to live up in Gibsonia, uh, Mars. I was in Mars today, uh, downtown, walking around. It's it's always wonderful to be back. I'm going to see some people that uh, a lot of Pirates fans know later tonight. I'm not going to say who, but um, we'll be uh, it, it's just wonderful to be back here and I loved my time here in Pittsburgh. I, I didn't want to leave. Uh, I left for family reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, every time I come back, it still feels like I've got family here. So, which I do. My wife's family's from here. But uh, I'm talking about the, you know, the Bucko family. Uh, you know, I'll go to the ballpark early before the series starts. I'll go around the offices, see the people I know. It's a, it's a nice homecoming when I come back to Pittsburgh. It really is. And 
Um, you know, I'm still in touch with a lot of people. Sometimes I'll, sometimes I'll even hear from them during the broadcast via text, or we'll go back and forth uh, with some of the <laughs> some of the guys on the air. You, you never know. But um, it's it's great being back. I really miss uh, Pittsburgh a lot. The people here are great. Yeah, and it's uh, a very good time for you to have a homecoming back to Pittsburgh right now with the Pittsburgh Pirates playing the best baseball in the National League right now, which. With the way the season has started for Pittsburgh, with the Brian Reynolds contract extension kind of clouding the entire offseason, O'Neill Cruz's unfortunate injury against the White Sox in the opening uh, home opener series, then you move on to injuries to G-Man Choi, uh, Big Z, I can't ever pronounce his last name because he has like so many vowels. So uh, thankfully, uh, well, not thankfully due to injury, but due to injury, you will not have to uh, get the, the card out to see how to uh, pronounce his name. But Despite all this, the Pirates have started the season 16 and 7, and there's been arguments already that, that, well, they beat the Reds. Well, they beat the Rockies. But as Dodgers fans, I'm also sure pretty much know, you have to win the games to get to the playoffs. You have to win games to consider yourself a good team and win the games that you're expected to win. And I think the biggest question for a lot of Pirates fans right now is they see this record from the Dodgers, they're 12 and 11. And as you mentioned, that's kind of a slow start in Dodger land. Um, but what can the Pirates expect from this Dodgers team and the rendition that they currently have, uh, especially with some news that you guys have gotten over the past week? Yeah, I, we've got more guys on the paternity list than I've ever seen. Added two more today with Max Muncy, the, the major league leader in home runs, uh, today going on the paternity list. So the Pirates are going to catch a break there. Uh, Bruce Dar Gratterall, who's been uh, our back-end bullpen guy, Pirates are going to catch a break there without Gratter all around. We had two guys at the same time. Uh, Mookie Betts just came off the paternity list. We had somebody else, too. Um, it, it's like, you know, you look, you backdate the calendar. You go, what the heck went on nine months ago? Mm-hmm. Uh, because we got so many guys on the paternity list. It was the all-star break. That's what it was. Ah. Uh, and the Dodgers hosted it, so there were a lot of, you know, a lot of things going on. But uh, be that as it may it's it's bad timing for the Dodgers to have Max Muncy out of the lineup because he's really swinging a great bat. And this is a series we got to win. I mean, this is a series the Dodgers have to win. Last year, the Pirates took five of six against the Dodgers, including sweeping them in L.A., which in a season where the Dodgers were the best team in baseball, they won 111 games. Nobody's going to argue that they weren't the best team in baseball. But the Pirates are ready to throw a parade down Federal Street. And, and, and you know, it was one series against one team where they won five out of six. Yeah. You know, that's great. They played the Dodgers well. They matched up against them on those particular nights better than the Dodgers played. But around the rest of baseball, the Dodgers, you know, they, they kicked butt and took names every night. And it was it was strange seeing it like every single night. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a win. You could expect a win. I mean, 111 wins in a 162-game season was remarkable. And then uh, then the second disappointment of the season was losing to the Padres in the division series. Uh, th- that did not sit well in the Dodger organization at all. So this offseason, there's a lot more motivated individuals. We've got a pretty good young player uh, who's very motivated named James Outman, who's been playing nice. exceptionally good baseball. Mookie Betts has been forced into a shortstop role. Never played it in the big leagues in his life until the other day. But I've seen Mookie because I was with him in Boston also, and he would take ground balls every day at shortstop. 
and third base and second base. He just did it, you know, for the for the exercise value to to stay engaged, to get different muscle memory on his throws, different things like that. Uh, Freddie Freeman hasn't. Re- I mean, he's gonna hit. He's just mm-hmm. always gonna hit, but he really hasn't started to hit yet. We've got some other younger players too, like a, a Miguel Vargas, who really hasn't started to hit yet. Uh, so we'll see what happens with this series. But you know, losing Max Muncy, losing Bruce Dargraderall, uh, we're going to debut a kid named Michael Bush. He'll make his major league debut as an infielder uh, at third base. Uh, we were expecting something with Muncy because Bush was playing a lot of third base at AAA, so they've moved him over there. I think with five of the last six games, he's been playing third because we're anticipating this maneuver. Uh, we do get uh, one guy back in Tony Gonsolin, who was an all-star a year ago, very good pitcher, but he had a freak uh, injury uh, just walking off the field in spring training. Yeah. Just, just turned his ankle, and now he's ready to go, and he's going to pitch, I understand, Wednesday. Um, so, you know, again, it's a toss-up right now, especially with the way that the Pirates are playing, the confidence the Pirates are playing with. You know, there's there's bucko fever all over the place. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, as I was driving around the North Hills today, I was listening to the, to the local sports station, and it was all Pirates all the time. And it was it sounded like the fall of 13 and the fall of 14 and the fall of 15 on the radio where people are just going crazy about the buckos. And that's good. It's great to hear because – this city needs it when it comes to baseball. Hey, everybody. Ethan Smith of the Locked on Pirates podcast here. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process, especially because we're always growing and changing. Therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding because sometimes we don't know what we want or why we react the way we do until we talk through things. And BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash MLB today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash MLB. Yeah, and um, I guess I'll have to change somehow or kind of edit that below there because I did have the uh, probable starters. They are probable for a reason. Uh, nice to hear Gonzalez coming back. The Pirates actually kind of dealt with something similar with uh, JT Brubaker. His was definitely not kind of a uh, walking off the field injury. Of course, he had Tommy yeah. John surgery, but was arguably the best pitcher the Pirates had in spring training this year as far as strikeouts and ERA go over the entire spring. And you look at this Pirates team again, and from an outside perspective, especially for Dodger fans, I would expect, you look at this team, and it's like Connor Joe, Jiwon Bay, um, Carlos Santana, Andrew McCutcheon, uh, Brian Reynolds, who, due to the new CBA rules, will actually not be playing tomorrow, even though he was expected to come back tomorrow. Due to a new CBA rule, he is not allowed to play tomorrow, is something I think I saw. So the Dodgers will avoid Reynolds in that game. But from an outside perspective, Tim, um, which I haven't actually gotten much of because I was on with the Locked On Reds guys uh, on Monday, and, uh, yeah, they didn't exactly want to say much positive about the Pirates, obviously. 
Uh, so from an outside perspective, what do you think has been the recipe for the Pirates' success? Because people have heard me talk about it all all the time. So I, f- I feel it might be refreshing from an outside perspective to kind of hear where you think the, um, the success has come so far this year with this team. You know, I've been watching them on TV uh, from afar and paying attention to the Pirates because I always do anyway since I had such a history with the ball club. I, I, still, I still follow them closely. But, you know, it's hard to say without being there every day. But yeah. from what I can see, uh, they're getting decent pitching. I mean, Mitch Keller's been doing a good job. This Holderman guy uh, has been really tough. And, of course, Bednar at the end of the games has been really, really good. He's got eight saves already. I mean, uh, it's, it's fun to watch, the you know, the, the kid from Mars, uh, the, you know, the fighting planet getting it done. Yeah. Um, and – that's that, that's been, I think, one of the big things. The other thing is that Andrew McCutcheon's playing like old Andrew McCutcheon, not old meaning age, but previous Andrew McCutcheon. That's what we're seeing out of him. And I'm so happy that he came back. I, When I saw that he was going to get signed with the Pirates, I was thrilled. Yeah, uh, I think it's it was the perfect move for the Pirates, not just from a PR standpoint, but from a player personnel standpoint. And he wants to win here. He wants to bring back those days because he knows what it feels like. He's the only guy in that dugout that knows what it was like. And he can share it. Uh, you, you know, you go back to one of my favorite days was October 1st, 2013. Mm-hmm. Uh, sitting in the booth at PNC Park. And, un- I mean, looking out at at, at 40,000 people, because there weren't supposed to be 40,000 in there, but there was. There was. <laughs> yeah. 40,000 people dressed in black. And, you know, the Reds had absolutely no chance that night. No. No chance. They were beaten. As soon as the sun came up that morning, they were beaten. It was over. Uh, but with the Pirates and, and the, this electricity that they've started the season with, I think it's great. I, I really do. I think, the you know, it's, it's uplifted the public because the Penguins are down and out of the playoffs. And this is normally a time where people are watching the Pens. Um, you know, the draft is around the corner. This is a time when they're just talking about the NFL draft and the Steelers and what they're going to do. But no, the Pirates in April are dominating the sports conversation, whether it's at the water cooler, whether it's on the radio, whether it's on television, uh, on the Internet, on Twitter. And just walking around downtown uh, this morning, seeing people in bucko gear was great. When I got to the airport yesterday, I seen people in bucko gear it was great. Um, you know, it, it sort of reminded me what it was like back in those days. Cause it, cause in 2011 pirates were getting better. We we're almost there. Um, I think that fateful night in Atlanta, uh, after that bullpen usage by, uh, by the pirates that night in that 19 inning game that we never should have lost, um, yeah. the, that the bullpen just went this way. And everything went this way the rest of the season. In 2012, we were up there, and then it just kind of couldn't hold it and went down again. Faded at, faded in August. Um, but 13, 14, and 15, they were very different years. The yeah. best the best team we had, team-wise, I think was 15. But the best chance, I think, to get to a World Series was 13. Really, you know, you look back and you say, wow, how did we lose that Cardinal Series? Yeah, and you look at that game four, especially with Kutch up the bat, bases loaded, two outs, down a run, and it's just 
it, it stinks. Yeah. It does. I mean, and then, I mean, that you spoke about the Reds game specifically where you knew the Reds weren't going to win that game. It just kind of felt like after that game four missed opportunity, it really felt like game five, as soon as the sun came up, they weren't winning that game. Yeah. You know, the other thing about game four was the pitching matchup, Charlie Morton against Michael Waka and Charlie pitched one of the best games of his career. Unfortunately, Michael Waka pitched the best game of his career. Yeah. Still, that was the best game he's ever pitched. No, before or since. And it just happened to be on the wrong night for Pirates fans. And what that did was it just barely allowed the Cardinals to cling on to life. And we knew we were getting Adam Wainwright yep. uh, in game five back in, uh, uh, back in St. Louis. And then Clint Hurdle had the decision to make. Uh, if you remember, do you use A.J. Burnett, mm-hmm. who had an ERA career-wise of over 12 in St. Louis, or do you go with the hot hand and Garrett Cole? And he went with the hot hand. He went with the rookie Garrett Cole. And that, you know, I know A.J. didn't take it too well, um, but I think it was the right decision at the time because every time we went down to St. Louis, A.J., you know, he did very well against other teams, but against the mm-hmm. Cardinals in St. Louis, there was something there, yeah. intangible, whatever it was. He got rocked there. I don't know why, but the numbers bear it out. You know, the numbers don't lie. So Clint had to make that decision. And, you know, the Dodgers uh, were lying in wait in the NLCS, and they ended up getting the Cardinals instead of the Pirates. And we had our bags packed. We'd already been given our, believe it or not, we were already given our meal money to go to L.A., right? We, we were ready to go. We were planning on going from St. Louis to Los Angeles, had yeah. all the all the plans ready, and they had to they had to tell the pilot, "Nope, we're going back to Pittsburgh." Sorry. Yeah. Today's episode is also brought to you by So Rare MLB. Our new sponsor, So Rare, is a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace, transforming fans into owners with officially licensed digital cards featuring players from across all thirty MLB teams. Unlike other fantasy baseball platforms, So Rare managers truly own their fantasy experience, collecting, buying, selling, and competing with player cards against global opponents to win epic rewards. Win or lose, you still own your cards, and there's no cost to play. Plus, the more more you win, the more you advance, collecting increasingly powerful cards and accessing next level competitions and rewards. Of course, So Rare recently partnered with MLB All Stars Juan Soto and Julio Rodriguez, who serve as brand ambassadors. Both are featured in So Rare's current brand campaign and will engage with the So Rare community throughout the season at MLB events. Head to SoRare.com slash locked on. That's spelled S O R A R E.com to draft your team of free player cards, set your lineup. And start competing today to win epic rewards. Again, that's so rare.com slash locked on to start playing today. I mean, it's it's crazy though, because you uh, brought up a point that I've kind of brought up to a lot of people about the 2011 and 2012 teams. That the 2011 team, you could you could sense something. It was like, okay, there's something here. I kind of compared the 2022 Pirates to that team, although they lost 100 games. Once O'Neill Cruz came up, which, of course, Dodgers Pirates history there with the O'Neill Cruz acquisition, it kind of felt like something was finally there. O'Neill Cruz is this crazy six foot seven shortstop freak of nature, stack cast aficionado in terms of just uh, popping up there. Now they start the season 16 and seven this year, and you brought up 2012 where it really felt like, okay, this team has something brewing here with the likes of Neil Walker, Andrew McCutcheon, 
Josh Harrison, um, Garrett Cole, uh, Jamison Talion was a young and up and coming prospect that they were waiting on to come in the wings in a couple of years. Does this team kind of have the same feeling of that 2012 team? Because obviously the Pirates are on pace to win 115 games, and I'm here to tell Pirates fans I love you. I love you guys that listen to this show. It is not happening. If they win 115 games, I will give somebody who listens to this show $500, and I'll stand by it, but it's not happening. Um, but despite records, despite all of that, do you think this team does kind of have that same feeling that that 2012 team did where we haven't even seen Andy Rodriguez, who sadly is on the IL right now, or Luis Ortiz or any of these big prospects that we're still waiting on that are going to come up later in the year on top of getting O'Neill Cruz in a couple of months. Yeah, let, let me let me clarify something. Shaking my head saying no way they won 115 games. It's because nobody's going to win 115 games. The best team in baseball this year will not win 115 games. I just saw last year's best team in baseball win 111, and it was a struggle on a lot of nights. So it's, it's not going to happen. So don't think you're going to win 115. No one is. Not a single team this year will do that. So that being said, uh, O'Neill Cruz is fun to watch. He really is. It, but it's part of baseball is injuries and, and how, you, uh, how you fill in the next man up philosophy. Uh, I know that, you know, that happened in 11, happened in 12, happened in 13, 14. We had guys go down, but then we had guys step up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, I think, in fact, we had an issue with catching. What year was that? might have been in 11, actually. That's that's when Michael McHenry came on the scene mm-hmm. in 2011. Nine different um, catchers that year. Yeah. I said yeah. it on the broadcast the other day. It was yeah. nine different catchers. We had uh, – Gosh, I, I wish I could remember all their names. I'm thinking I got a lot of their faces in my head right now, but it was a catching carousel. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you know, Chris Stewart, we had, uh, of course, uh, uh, let's see, uh, Russ Martin, was he here yet? I don't think so. Uh, Russ Martin, I don't think, was here yet. Not in 11. Uh, but we had, like I said, we, we had a catching carousel, and that's a problem because that's where everything begins. I mean, the diamond goes this way, right? So you're only as strong as your backstop. And we had nine different ones that year. Mm-hmm. And in spite of that, still won a bunch of games. Uh, but I think that, um, and that was coming off of a season in 2010 where we had 99 losses mm-hmm. and the only, and we played 161 games. Yeah. And the only reason we didn't have a hundred losses is because we were rained out in the third or fourth inning of a game in Chicago uh, where we were losing. Yeah. And the umpires just said, no, we got to go. And we're not going to make the game up because both teams were terrible that year. So that's the only reason Pirates didn't lose 100 in 2010 was because of a rainout that we were losing already that wasn't going to be made up in Chicago. Um, so you come off that season, terrible season. You hire Clint Hurdle. Uh, John Russell is gone. John Russell, by the way, is managing in AAA for the Mariners in Tacoma, Washington right now after being the, uh, the head of the high school program in Bradenton at IMG Academy. But anyway, um, so now Clint Hurdle comes and he says, hey, we're going to change the culture. That was his first thing. We're going to change the culture. And people would talk about, hey, hey, we're going to go 500 this year. And he'd say 500. That's his whole attitude was it's mediocre. Why would we aspire to for mediocrity? Because we're here to win. Yeah. And that rubbed off on a lot of people and it rubbed off the right way on a lot of people. And it didn't take him long. It took him a couple of years, but you know, he went to the postseason in 13 and 
Uh, it was a wonderful experience, 2014. Uh, Brandon Crawford hits the fourth inning grand slam, and then uh, Bumgarner shuts the door. That was peak Bumgarner. He's nowhere close to that now. Obviously, he just got DFA'd by the mm -hmm. Diamondbacks. He's a, you know, he might be a candidate for the Pirates if they're looking for pitching. Um, the, uh, you know, then 15, Jake Arrieta tells everybody to bring the noise and and he shoves against the, the Pirates for the Cubs and the Cubs move on. And in 15, our team was way better than the Cubs team. Second best record in baseball. Yeah, 15. That's a team that we that should have gone a lot farther. That that to me was one of the biggest disappointments uh, with the Pirates was that 2015 team didn't get past the wild card game. Uh, should have. Um, and if they had done so, I think we'd have done some damage in the postseason yep. uh, a lot further. That it would have been way better than 13. But this is baseball. And now with the new schedule and the new playoff format, you know, teams like the Pirates are going to have more opportunities to make the postseason than ever before. So, you know, I think you got to remain optimistic regardless. But yeah. right now, through March and April, the Pirates are one of the, if not the best story in baseball. Yeah. And uh, to go back to the catcher thing from uh, that vaunted year of the catching stuff, uh, these names are going to come back to you as soon as I say them. I can tell Dusty Brown, Ryan Dumit, Eric Fryer, Jason Armilio, Michael McHenry, Matt Pagnazzi, Chris Snyder, and Wyatt Terragas. Yeah, Chris the Snyder. So yeah. I was thinking of not Stuart. Um, Wyatt Terragas, remember, he's in coaching now. Uh, Fryer, I remember he had a hockey mask. Uh, Ryan Domit, of course, was the switch hitting catcher. He was, uh, he was a big signing for the pirates in the past. Uh, he was a regular catcher for a while. And then, uh, Jason Jaramillo, uh, he was supposed to be the heir apparent, uh, wasn't really, but he, he played significant time behind the plate right on a regular mm -hmm. basis. Uh, yeah, I remember all those guys <laughs> yeah, that was, it was, a, uh, it was a group. <laughs> it was a group. That's for sure. Yeah. And uh, to kind of cap things off here, again, we have three games. Uh, of course, in the first game, Syndergaard versus Oviedo. Uh, Pirates fans, I don't need to tell you about all the stuff about Syndergaard that you already know in terms of Pirates lore with Noah Syndergaard. If you want to go look at that, go have fun. It's not going to mean anything for what he does on Tuesday night, just so we know. It's not going to mean anything. <laughs> um, and then you mentioned Gosling, uh, Gonsolin coming back on Wednesday. Uh, that will should be. Also be a fun pitching matchup uh, between him and Contreras. And then Mitch Keller and um, Julio Arias will finish off the series on Thursday. So what are your expectations here? What are some keys to victory for the Dodgers and for the Pirates for that matter? Well, the, from what I've seen from the Pirates, the Dodgers are going to have to outslug them. Pirates have been hitting the ball. I mean, they, they were hitting the ball all over the place in that Cincinnati series. I watched two of those games. Uh, that were opposite Dodge. They were after Dodger games. And I was impressed, impressed with the way they swing the bat. So the Dodgers are going to have to outslug them. Uh, I think starting pitching is going to have to hold right now for Noah Syndergaard. He hasn't had the um, success in terms of wins and losses that he would like so far. So he's going to need some run support. I think, um, you know, for him, the days of trying to throw the ball through a brick wall are over. Uh, I yeah. think he's, he's come to terms with that. Uh, this spring, there was a little talk about that. This spring, he looked at, uh, you know, the radar gun every now and then, and they're, they're telling him, look, don't do that, man. Just throw this pitch. Don't throw a pitch. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, he's been pitching more, which has been good. He, he's a 92-mile-an-hour fastball guy now. He's not a 100-mile-an-hour guy anymore. 
but he can move the ball. He can locate it. He can he can spin it and he can uh, twist it up there. Um, with Tony Gonsolin, you know he's got a really good split change. He's a split fingered guy, good change up guy, good curveball. Uh, it'll be his first outing, so I don't suspect he'll be out there. You know all after all evening. Uh, plus, it'll probably be a little cooler than he's been used to. He's been pitching in Oklahoma City and in Arizona. Yeah. Uh, and uh, with Julio Urias and Mitch Keller, I think that's a great matchup for a day game. If there was ever a matinee to skip work and come out to PNC Park and watch a game, Thursday would be a good one because you're yeah. going to see two really good pitchers go at it. And it could be, who knows, it could be a rubber game, could be for the series. Um, maybe it could be for a sweep one way or the other. Maybe, I don't know. But I think the day game on Thursday is going to be pretty entertaining. Yeah, and uh, one thing that I think I would caution Pirates fans here as far as key to victory for the Pirates, starting pitching has been great, and I would expect it to be so here in this series too because I think the Dodgers devoid the two kind of wild cards in this rotation of Vince Velasquez and Rich Hill, which works in favor of Pittsburgh. But on that same coin, just because the Dodgers are missing players that are familiar to you from national media does not mean, like you mentioned earlier, James Outman, a lot of Pirates fans probably don't know who he is, but I'm going to tell you, this kid can hit the baseball. He really can. Uh, Michael Bush can hit the baseball. There are guys on this Dodgers team that are still very good. They still have a very good offense, and I would say the same thing for the Pirates that you said about uh, the Dodgers is they're going to have to hit with this Dodgers team. You saw it kind of happen in the Astros series for the Pirates, which is the only series they've lost all year. Um, the Astros just had games where they out hit them, and mm -hmm. that was just how things got. And I think the Dodgers could potentially do the same thing. And I really want to see how starting pitching responds when the offense of an opposing team actually does go after them because 12 of their last 13 games have been quality starts. And the only one that wasn't by definition a quality start was a, was a five-inning, one-earned run outing from Rich Hill. So they haven't been tested in a while, which is fine as long as you're pitching the way you are. But this is a Dodgers team that can test them. Uh, Tim? Where can we find you on uh, the broadcast? Are we are you on radio? Are you on TV this week? Yeah, the Dodgers? I'll, I'll be on radio this series. Um, so, like, MLB at bat is the best way to go uh, to get uh, the Dodger feed. And, and, you know, I know you like to listen to either Brownie or Joe. Yeah. But, um, you know, there are, there are people of a certain age that remember me, and I'm glad they do. It's, it's always nice to be remembered here in Pittsburgh because yes. – I consider this my second home and it was my first home for a while, but, but I consider it my second home and uh, uh, I love coming back here. And I, again, I've, I've heard from lots of people. I'm, I've been seeing family and friends today and I'm going to go see some more tonight. Uh, and then I'll see a lot more at the ballpark this week. So, um, uh, you know, even for half an inning, just kind of tune in for old time's sake if you want, but it'd be on MLB at bat or on Sirius XM um trying to think what else tune in radio you can get it mm -hmm. uh but uh, people who who know how to dial up broadcast they'll know how to find it oh yeah and uh maybe take the approach i'll be taking i'll have the uh the game volume on mute and i'll be listening to you or i'll be just watching it from the dodgers feed through the uh radio either way there's tons of there's so much technology now tim they can figure it out there's a way to listen to tim and watch the game at the same time on the Pirates broadcast so you can stay with AT&T Sportsnet's little layout and everything. You'll be fine. We'll all figure it out. Dodgers-Pirates for three games. Uh, even after this, I don't think they play for quite some time this year. It's kind of spread out pretty far. 
Actually, it's, I, I don't think it's close? this far. Yeah, it's, I'm so uh, I'm so accustomed to talking about the Reds after talking with those guys that we don't <laughs> play the Reds again until like August, and we just played them for that. seven games through the first twenty three. So I'm like, oh, okay. no, you're you're right. It's early July. Yeah, the, so it'll uh, be a while. Pirates have a four gamer in L.A. around the fourth of July, so they'll come out right fun. when it's nice and hot. Beautiful. Well, guys, my name is Ethan Smith of the Locked on Pirates podcast. Make sure you follow on YouTube. You can also find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Again, today's episode was brought to you by BetterHelp and So Rare MLB. That's Tim Neverett. I am Ethan Smith. Guys, have a wonderful Tuesday. Enjoy the game tonight, Wednesday and Thursday. Of course, we'll be coming out with all kinds of content based off of what happens for these games. So, guys, Thank you so much. Have a wonderful rest of your day, and I will see you on the flip side. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 